listening to Dulos, a podcast of the Ephesus School Network. Dulos explores servant leadership as an Orthodox Christian. I'm Holly Benton, your host and executive director of the Orthodox Christian Leadership Initiative. My guest today is Father Theodore Dorrance, a board member of the Orthodox Christian Leadership Initiative, who contributes so much through his own studies as he's working on a doctor of ministry in leadership. Father Theodore is pastor of St. Catherine Greek Orthodox Church in Greenwood Village, Colorado. He has been in this new assignment for just a few months and continues to serve as the director for the Office of Parish Health and Church Growth for the Metropolis of Denver. And before that, Father Theodore served 20 years at St. John the Baptist Orthodox Church, a parish community he founded in Portland, Oregon. Welcome, Father Theodore. I'm so excited to be interviewing you today. It's great to be with you as well, Holly. Your work at St. John the Baptist Church in Portland has really intrigued me, Father Theodore. We've worked to develop a parish leadership module through the Orthodox Christian Leadership Initiative that focuses on investing in emerging leaders. At your parish in Portland, I understand you really focused on shaping the values of parents, cultivating them as lifelong learners in the faith, and equipping them to be the evangelist to their children in the home. I remember something you said when we were discussing parish life and how we invest in our children as emerging leaders to take on parish ministries and responsibilities. You said the goal and expectation is on the parents to get our children to convert to the faith while they're at home so that when the children are launched, they're already used to making decisions based on their faith. So, Father, please share about this approach and how you implemented this at your parish. Well, I know that God expects parents to take very seriously the responsibility, the sacred task of being co-creators with him and bringing children into the world. And the, the children are hardwired, as we know, to really watch their parents and to see what they value in their everyday life, especially when it comes to the faith, to end up valuing what they value and to, and to follow the example that the parents set in the home and in their everyday life. And we all know that parents have those children seven days a week and a lot more uh, than the church has them. And so I took that understanding. And when I started St. John, I really tried to focus on equipping, educating, influencing, inspiring those parents to learn more about their faith, to help them to live it more fully, and to understand that, and I don't mean this in a scary way, but in a realistic way, that, that they're going to be judged by how they raise their children in the church, in the Christian faith, and that they have a God-given responsibility to be the primary Christian educators, Christian formers, to have an expectation that they're going to try to influence their children in evangelistic ways to make a personal commitment to Christ and the gospel and the church before they leave home. Because it's a much harder thing to be 
unsure of your faith as a young person today and then go out either into the workplace or into the college and university system and have all of that bombardment of secular influence and tons and tons of choices and tons and tons of peer pressure and even the authority of professors and bosses to really, in in some ways, lead you astray. And so if the parents can get those children to convert to the faith of their forebearers before they leave home, then they already begin to start applying the faith to the everyday situations that they have. I really was trying to be clear with them about this expectation and this goal, and then to equip them to actually carry that out. And it's not like the church at St. John didn't take youth ministry seriously. We did. But we saw ourselves as partners with the parents, not the parents partnering with the church. We found it to be very, very effective in many, many ways. One example I can give you is that in the 20 years, if I really look at the families that raised their children at St. John, the overwhelming majority of those kids received the baton of faith while they were still at home and are now as adults active in the church and raising their children in this same model that they were raised in. So that's probably the the greatest measurement of success of that philosophy that I could give you. Beautiful. You've talked about like the responsibility, duty of parents to be the evangelist in the home and what we're doing with this servant leadership and Zulos, you know, being a servant in the household of God, it really operates by that notion of duty and responsibility. And it's God's instruction that equips us to carry that out. I really loved the mentality where the church is the partner with the parents rather than the parents trying to partner with the church to raise their child. I love that shift and it's nuanced and I haven't heard that very often before, but I think it's really powerful and very, very helpful. Tell our listeners a little bit about how you used the oratorical festival at your parish. When you told me this story, I just thought it was a really brilliant way to form faith. It's a faith formation tool in young people. So tell our listeners about that. Well, it's a national Greek Orthodox ministry, and some of the other Orthodox jurisdictions may have taken it up. It's called the St. John Chrysostom Oratorical Festival, and it operates primarily at the parish level, but then it also goes to the diocesan level, and then even at the archdiocese, there's a level there. And it focuses on middle and high school-aged youth They, uh, at the archdiocese level, give each age group their own categories of topics to choose from. And I've found that they're very relevant each year to where these youth are at in their everyday life. These youth get to pick the topic that they research, apply to their life, and then they're asked to give a timed speech that's public and how the parish chooses to organize that is up to them. I always tried to make it a required part of Sunday school and the youth ministry, and I always gathered the parents, not the kids. Every year, I would sit in front of them, and I would give them, with conviction, the why behind why I valued this 
activity in this ministry. I always try to engage the whole parish in this ministry. I would recruit a person who felt passionate about the ministry to be the chairperson. It would utilize all of the youth advisors, the entirety of the Sunday school program from the director to the teachers. Uh, We would recruit people who had also a passion for this as mentors, and we would schedule a couple Saturdays before the actual oratorical festival at the parish and make a nice fancy breakfast, inviting the children to come and to have coaches and mentors and a scheduled time to work on their their speeches and to get help in research and to bring in resources. And then we would really market it and advertise it and connect it to worship services. Obviously, we had 48 participants. We had to do it over um, a couple different services, a couple different weekends, and we would either do it after Vespers on a Saturday night or after Divine Liturgy on a Sunday morning. So all of the parishioners would be able to listen and be edified and even amazed by uh, some of these speeches of these young people. Uh, And of course, there were three judges that uh, would be not only rating the speeches, but also giving really, really helpful feedback to the young people that the concept of lifelong learning and continual improvement was also uh, cultivated through this process. And we wanted that to be a part of the culture of the church Anyway, so we tried to make all of the ways that we created this ministry to be seamless with the core values and the mission, vision, and culture of our parish. Creating like a rite of passage for these kids because it it was a big deal for them to participate in this, and and you honored their faith formation. You're right. And it wasn't a one-time deal because, you know, people are in middle school for three years and they could keep doing it. And then they advanced to the high school and they would do it for several years. And of course, the requirements at each level were different. So they had, they were challenged, you know, where iron sharpens iron. Uh, I remember, you know, some of the, uh, early participants becoming so much better as they grew and mature. And some of the really, really capable, gifted speakers pushed each other, in a sense, to be the best that they could be. There's a healthy sense of uh, competition and pressure. And I I really saw that that was at play in this ministry as well. Mm -hmm. People who are able to articulate themselves publicly in front of others are really going to be more successful in whatever vocation they choose. And to be able to research something and put yourself into it and apply it to your life and in a inspiring and clear and cogent way, share that with others, kind of lose your self-consciousness and really connect with the listeners is powerful. The other thing that I told the parents is that how often do these children have a chance to research some relevant topic that's related to their faith and actually find the relevancy, find how it touches them, apply it to their life, and in front of their parents, in front of the whole parish, in front of their peers, to do that in a tight, concise way that shares their life with others and shares their faith with others. I really thought that that was powerful. And I guess maybe as a priest, I do this all the time. Every homily, every sermon, every teaching, you're taking the faith and you're applying it to your own life and and then you're sharing it with others in a way that points them to Christ. I think probably at the height 
of this ministry, we had 48 youth who fully participated in this and actually delivered their speeches, which were, in a way, homilies to the parish. Not only were they edified by it, but so was the parish. I really feel like it was fruit-bearing, and it had a powerful impact on these young people's lives. We all know that every time we have to research and learn and discover and prepare a presentation and articulate it from our own minds and our own hearts, it becomes that more real and formulated. So we learn by teaching and presenting. And and I think it's just a powerful way to draw forth faith formation in our young people. It really reminds me of Deuteronomy 6. I'd like to read these few verses here. Hear, O Lord, the Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. And you shall bind them as a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gate. So everything that you're talking about, even in terms of the parents being the evangelists in the home and giving the children, the youth, an opportunity to research, reflect, and present the instruction of the Lord really reminds me of this Deuteronomy passage here. It's a beautiful passage. You're right. You know, the other thing about the whole process of the preparation for these speeches on the part of the youth is that the parents got to intimately engage with their children, not to write their speeches for them, but to but to be a resource, to be a sounding board, to be a coach, to engage with them and share their own insights. And I think that communal effort between parents and children is binding and it's really, really powerful. I really enjoyed that process as well. The other thing at St. John, in addition to things like the Oratorical Festival, that we really try to encourage is to re- recapture the dinner table and mm-hmm. to use that communal meal with is sacramental. We know how powerful it is right. for children to bring to their parents and to each other, their siblings, in the context of that meal Uh, whatever challenges they were facing, and to give the whole family community the chance to address uh, how our faith can inform that person, that young person, so that they get the practice of actually applying the faith to their life. That helps that process of conversion. It, It helps them to make it their own. Absolutely. My own nuclear family, that was really powerful. It wasn't always neat and clean. Sometimes it was messy and chaotic. I actually attribute that in a powerful way to the fact that all four of my own children as adults now are committed into the life of the church and raising their children in in a similar way. Unto God's glory. Share other outcomes from the approach at St. John the Baptist. I understand you had many seminarians that came from St. John the Baptist, and many, if not most, of the young people that grew up in that church are still actively involved in the church today. In what ways did young people assume responsibilities in generating and leading ministries of your parish and serving your community? As you said, to God be the glory. We did at one time have up to seven people enrolled at either Hellenic College or Holy Cross. We have had from that parish, and it's not that old, 
So it was only started in 1997, and it started with six families. So I left in 2017, but we had already sent three people who are now ordained priests. Three or four are presbyteras, uh, priest wives, and several others graduated from Hellenic College and are now married and living a committed life of service in the church using their own gifts in the unique calling that God has called them to. Others, while they didn't go to seminary, have served as full-time youth directors, pastoral assistants, really trying to be committed members of communities and, and helping them to be as healthy and true to the mission of the church as possible. Wonderful. Looking back, is there anything that you wish you would have or could have done differently? Are there any risks with relying on parents to serving as the primary evangelist to their children rather than relying on a strong church school program or something like that? <laughs> and there's there's so many things that I would have done differently or better as as a priest of a parish for sure. Even now in my current role as a parish priest, I'm sure there are things that I'm doing that I could improve or do better. I would say that life carries with it inherent risk. But I can't really I can't really say that there is risk in helping equip and empower and train parents to fulfill their sacred task and God-given role. Uh, I think the risk is actually in not empowering them and training them and helping equip them so that they can be as successful as possible. And I really believe that that's the church's role in the home is to help that home be the foundation and building block of the church. As uh, St. Paul says, every home should be a home church. And there should be a seamlessness of what's going on in that home to what goes on in the church. I think the risk is in neglect. It's not the risk in, in intentional training and, and helping parents to be, first and foremost, committed Orthodox Christians, right. to let that naturally pour over into the life of their children. Right. For parishes where perhaps the parents themselves are not truly yet evangelized, what would you recommend as the first critical steps for implementing this type of approach at a parish? If there were only a couple of committed families, for example, would effort around that oratorical festival, for example, backfire without the total buy-in and engagement from the rest of the parish? What's that relationship between cause and effect between the mindset and the habits or the disciplines that, that are created? How do they help inform each other? Well, I think that's a good question. I really believe that according to family systems theory, when one member of a family, and the church is a family, mm -hmm. made up of many families, one member of the family grows and self-defines in a healthy way and becomes more spiritually mature, it has a tendency to pull the whole family towards greater health. And so I really believe that in the case of, let's say, parents who aren't fully catechized or themselves aren't fully evangelized and they lack a, a strong commitment, that doesn't mean that we as a parish shouldn't focus on the motivated child. We always want to cater to function, not to dysfunction, to health, not unhealth. 
Therefore, my answer would be similar in saying that a ministry like the Oratorical Festival, which is really focused on capitalizing on someone's free will to learn more about their faith and apply it to their life, it can't miss. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Father Theodore, for sharing these stories of your ministry and for providing practical, useful examples for how parishes can invest in our youth as emerging leaders by investing in their parents to serve as deeply converted evangelists of Christ's good news. Our listeners can learn more about our intensive program in servant leadership and the different modules and resources for parish leaders by visiting our site, orthodoxservantleaders.com. Thank you so much, Father Theodore, for being with us today. This has been a great interview. Thank you, Holly, for all that you do and all that this beautiful ministry of Orthodox Christian Leadership Initiative does. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you.